0: Welcome to Explain It to Me. This is your weekly podcast in which I, Dr. Bill Okoda, discuss a topic in neurology in 10 minutes or less. I am a board-certified neurologist and epileptologist. Today, we will be talking about anti-seizure medications during pregnancy. (music) So the risk of a developing baby from anti-seizure medications during pregnancy is primarily that of congenital malformation or birth defects. So what does that mean? So common congenital malformation include cleft lip, cleft palate. Most of these can be corrected surgically. Other more dangerous ones can be cardiac defects, spinal cord defect, brain defects. Research is ongoing concerning the risks for developmental delays. So those are a few of the congenital malformations that we're talking about. In a normal population, if you're someone without epilepsy and you just have a baby, the risk of this happening is about 2 to 3%. That doubles to 4 to 6% if you're a woman with epilepsy. However, it's still a little on the lower end. So basically, the risk of having a seizure and injuring yourself or your baby during pregnancy is much higher than the risk of anti-seizure medication. So for that reason, I do not encourage anyone to get off of anti-seizure medication before your pregnancy, unless you've had this discussion with your neurologist or epileptologist. So now, which seizure medications have the greatest risk during pregnancy? I get asked this a lot. The reality is we don't have a lot of data, and that's because it's unethical to study pregnant women. (laughs) So what we're doing is looking at registries um, that have been established to gain this information. All pregnant women with epilepsy are encouraged to enroll in the North American Anti-Epileptic Drug Pregnancy Registry prior to their initial pregnancy screening. This will help add to our knowledge base. Women outside of North America are encouraged to enroll in their own pregnancy registry. We are the neurologist. So there is one for Europe and there's one for Australia that are big um, and that we can refer to. Now, most of the information in these registries are for drugs that are the most common. For example, levetiracetam and lamotrigine. Those are very commonly used. Um, So most of the women are on this. Um, For the most part, these are, quote unquote, the safest in pregnancy. We do know um, the lavatrastim. There's not too much in terms of fetal malformation, in terms of increases. However, with lamotrigine, you can see certain um, cleft lip, cleft palate defects, and occasional cardiac defects. But overall, those two numbers um, for both of those medications are low. Um, And so when I see a woman with pregnancy, those are the medications I would consider putting them on. We also have information for medications such as um, carbamazepine, oxcarbazepine, topiramate, and very little data for zonisamide. Uh, so those are all our older medications that work well. Um, we know that out of those four medications, there isn't much increase in congenital malformation with any of them. The highest we see is with topiramate um, and with carbamazepine. By far, zanisamide and oxcarbazepine seem to be a little better. With that said, the numbers are super, super low, so I would not put weight on it. If you're a woman with epilepsy on any of those medications and you're well controlled, you're probably better off con- continuing that medication throughout your pregnancy than making a switch in the middle of. One thing we know for sure is valproate or valproic acid is something that you should not be using in a young woman who is of childbearing age. Um, There's about a 1% to 2% risk of neural tube defects, which is a lack of spinal cord closure, and a 10% increase in major congenital malformation. That's a huge increase, 10%. And this usually presents not just in neural tube defects, but also in cardiac defects. Interestingly, one of the registries found that women taking valproic acid during their pregnancy had children with lower IQ and an increased risk of autism. All these risks were worse when higher doses were used. So this there's a lot of dose dependency here. So what can help lower risks for problems um, for the baby? Well, the risks of major birth defects are decreased in general population when women take folate or high dose of folic acid before the time of neural tube closure early in the first trimester. Because of that, we always encourage women to be on high dose folic acid if they're considering pregnancy. A daily vitamin um, does have 0. 0.4 milligrams, but we want something that's closer to 4 milligrams. So again, sorry, I might've said that wrong, but a daily multivitamin has 0. 0.4 milligrams. We're looking for 4 milligrams, so a lot more. Um, some just general multivitamins, however, are also helpful. They have selenium and zinc, which you know studies haven't shown too much, but those are not bad vitamins to have in you. Um, And lastly, some women might get vitamin K if they have an enzyme-inducing anti-seizure medication. These are very specific anti-seizure medications, but this is not common practice. It used to be done back back then. back in the day. I don't do this as much, um, but some neurologists might still follow using vitamin K if you're on an enzyme-inducing anti-seizure medication. Um, The theory behind this is it will prevent rare bleeding complications in the newborn. Other things that we know will help are as follows. Women with epilepsy need to have accurate information about their medication and their condition before going into pregnancy. If anti-seizure medications are not needed or multiple medications are being taken, medications should be adjusted way before someone even considers becoming pregnant. This isn't something that you do right as someone is at the cusp of hoping to become pregnant. The less medication you're on or lower your doses are, we know that is better for you and the baby. However, this is not something to willy-nilly figure out right before you get pregnant. It is something that should be figured out well before you start the journey. Along with that, monitoring drug levels is also super important. Anti-seizure drug levels should be checked frequently during pregnancy and also after delivery anti-seizure medications, the dosing might increase based on what the drug levels are. The drug levels can fall during the first and the last trimester because of hormonal changes and water changes. Um, Your obstetrician should be super involved um, in terms of monitoring your baby's development um, and making sure that congenital malformations are not something that should be um, a concern. And lastly, all anti-seizure medications are present in breast milk, but breastfeeding is encouraged just because there is some seizure medication. in Your breast milk does not mean you should not breastfeed your baby. The n- amounts are super low and there really isn't too much transference. The medications that do transfer the most are levetiracetam. And your benzodiazepines and your barbiturates this is your phenobarbital your dilatin which you should not be on anyway going into your pregnancy so these are some of the few things that you need to watch out for also very important to continue your medication postpartum because of course you're going to be sleep deprived you're going to be stressed you're going to be carrying a little baby not a good time to have a seizure so in short here are some important tips to remember see your doctor before becoming pregnant, keep regular appointments, and keep checking your anti-seizure drug levels. to make sure you're on the appropriate amount of medication well into going into pregnancy. Next, make sure you're getting adequate rest and sleep during your pregnancy and also after your pregnancy. You have to pay attention to your sleep and your nutrition while you're pregnant. Next, avoid cigarettes, alcohol, and caffeine. Obviously, these are just things for everyone, not just women with epilepsy. And lastly, keeping all these factors in mind, just remember that the overwhelming majority of women with with epilepsy will have a normal, healthy baby. So this is not, you know, it's something you definitely keep your eye on, um, something that causes a lot of anxiety for folks. But the reality is most women with epilepsy do super well. So that concludes this episode of Explain It To Me. Um, If you like this episode, please tell a friend as this podcast was created for neuro-awareness. You can find me on Instagram. Um, Leave me a comment or send me me, um, a topic idea or a question. I'm happy to address it as they come up. Have a good week and I will see you again next week. Thank you so